When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is an emergency podcast today, December 28th, um, just after Boxing Day. I guess it's Boxing Day in Ontario, or at least that's what my calendar said. So it's kind of fitting that we're doing this podcast today. This is the Unsuckable Podcast, um, emergency Unsuckable Podcast. I'm your host, Manuel Feit, and it's just two of us today. I'm joined by Joshua Denning. And Jan- Josh, this is today is really fascinating day. We thought we would get Christmas off, have holidays. You know, lean back. I would enjoy the snow. Um, you would enjoy the snow. We'd go skiing, drink hot chocolate, all that kind of stuff. But then today happened. I mean, wow. So many big news today alone. Um, first of all, how are you doing? Merry Christmas, happy holidays, all that kind of stuff. But how's it going? I'm doing good. Merry Christmas to you as well and to all of our listeners out there. And and yeah, I mean, I, I put in our little nice little group chat, uh, seeing what the next recording was going to be. We knew Filippo was just enjoying his, I'm not sure where he actually is in the, in the U.S. right now, but I mean, I'm beach. sure he's somewhere nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and uh, I was, wasn't really expecting to do this podcast today, but I mean, let's be honest, man. Twitter was, was going was bonkers today. Three yeah. huge stories, one specifically huge story, and all pretty much surrounding TFC with some other you know, little transfers we can sprinkle in there. So I'm really excited to talk to you specifically about it and get your opinions as well and really seeing what some of these transfers can mean for TFC as well as the MLS. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, right? I mean, um, first of all, it's our first emergency podcast. I think you don't have a mate as a podcast unless you had an emergency podcast. <laughs> so, yay, this is us. We're here. We did it. We, we did it. Well done. Um, <laughs> it was just the two of us. But um, it's pretty exciting. Um, some people have reported that the deal is done. I wouldn't quite go that far yet, Josh. Uh, Lorenzo Insigne. 30-year-old Italian left-winger from Napoli. Current market value, $38.5 million. Um, He was at over 50. Of course, we had the Serie A market value update today. And he dropped, um, which is normal. He's 30, right? That has nothing to do with him being bad or not. I mean, um, I have to explain this to people over and over again that when things get older, they lose in value. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, that's also... Um, the case for football players, Roberto, Roberto Lewandowski just got devalued. You know, we still think he's amazing, but it's just, yeah. you know, age plays a massive role. And so he's dropped. Um, before the market value adjustment, he would have been worth more than, I think, all but three MLS clubs on his own. <laughs> wow. So that's just, just to put that into perspective on how big this potential deal is. And we had um, Fabrizio Romano 
report today, right? Some of the contract details. And um, because it is an MLS, and by no means I, um, I'm judging Fabrizio Romano here. Um, I know him quite well. We spoke actually a couple of days ago um, about a different transfer. And um, so I know MLS and all the numbers and everything. There is a lot of numbers thrown around there, but he reported an 11.5 million euro net salary plus 4.5 million in add-ons. It's a five-year deal, right? So that's, um, if I have the math correct, quickly in my head, that's before tax. So after tax, he would be on $28 million a year in MLS, Josh. Yeah, people are wondering why, because uh, I mean, it's hard to depend on, on where you're going with this, but everyone kind of today was like, why would Insigne want to leave right now? And it's somewhat of the, the form of his career. Why would he want to leave and, and go to the MLS? And I saw a bunch of quote tweets of people saying, this is why <laughs> the, the numbers don't lie. That is a, a lot of money for a player who is, yeah. is going into the twilight. Uh, but I, I don't want to really focus on his age because I still think this is an absolutely incredible footballer. This is a player who and last 30 is not of, old. He's no 30 is not old at all. Coming into the MLS, coming off of last season where he put up 19 goals, four assists, had an incredible season with Napoli, came into the Euros where he obviously a, a European champion. He has a lot to offer still. And I think that's why some people are surprised to see him go where back when TFC made, and I'm doing the quotations, a, a similar mm. signing in Sebastian Jovinko. He was a fringe player. He was nowhere near as impactful as Insigne is. Uh, th- this, is a, this is a big deal. This is a huge deal for TFC as well for the MLS to be able to track this type of player in, in some of the form of his career. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think the other thing that we have to keep in mind, right, um, and I just tweeted this because I think a lot of people outside of, outside of Canada don't quite understand how big of an organization Toronto FC is part of. Um, it's Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment. Of course, for us, we are confronted with MLSE all the time, right? Josh living in Canada, um, you know, Rogers, Rogers is involved in this company. The Ontario Teachers Fund owned it for a while, yeah, um, okay. which is just crazy. But like, again, like you, if you don't, if you're not living in North America, you don't understand the size of teaching funds um, you know, pension funds in, in on this continent. It's not just in Canada, but in general on this continent, pension funds have a lot of money and they owned MLSE for a while uh, or were a part owner and sold it for them. And, you know, that, that's where the current evaluation comes from. So like when you see my tweet, please take that with a grain of salt again, but they, they, the company is currently evaluated at $2 billion US, not Canadian, US. Um, but when you actually take the different franchises that they own, because they own the Maple Leafs, um, one of the most value, the most valuable hockey franchise on the planet, they own the Toronto Raptors, who've won the um, the championship a few years ago. Um, people laughed about this. They also own the Argos, which is yeah. the Canadian <laughs> football league team, <laughs> yeah. which is like is significantly increasingly becoming the smallest of the the teams that they own, right? But um, when you take TFC. Uh, when you take uh, just the Maple Leafs and you take the Raptors, they are already valued at about 1.5 and 1.8 billion individually. And even TFC is now a value because of the stadium and the infrastructure at around 615 million to a billion. We're talking US. So like that number that you see with the 2 billion is actually way more. So people were wondering how TFC have this money. This is how. <laughs> money is not the problem, right, Josh? No, and and I think and I'd like to maybe get you to help help clarify this as well because 
um, you made an excellent point bringing up how valuable the Toronto organizations are because let's not kid ourselves, they absolutely are. But the interesting thing is with obviously the MLS, it's it's a closed league system, salary mm-hmm. cap, all that extra thing. And the fact that TFC are now being linked to Insigne, Bellotti, potentially even Sebastian Jovinko coming back. I don't know if you want to help everyone listening understand how with those restrictions in a closed league system, how are they able to pull off these type of transfers? Yeah, because it's designated players, right? So they currently have three designated players under contract. Um, Jose Altidore is on his way out, so that's one spot. And um, Jefferson Soldado, who was brought in under a huge funfair last year, right? I mean, yeah, he yeah, was huge. this enormous deal for them and hasn't really quite worked out. Um, he is being linked with a sale to Palmeiras. So that's your second DP spot. Um, Major League Soccer has to clear salaries over a certain amount, even for designated players. But, I mean, Josh, (laughs) (laughs) let's be honest here. If MLSE comes to Don Garber and says, look, we can sign Insigne, we can sign Bellotti. These are current European, European Championship winners. We can sign them right now. You think Garber's going to say no? No, and that's what I was looking to get out of you because when, when I was talking about these potential transfers not only being good for TFC, because clearly they are, but they're mm. good for the league. This is this is this is put this puts them on an even more hiatus, in my opinion, considering that these are players who are just and, and they are like I mean no Bilotti's still not maybe having the best of season, but he's still a, a player who has put up plenty of goals in Syria in a in a great age category. If he came in to lead the line for TFC with Insigne out on the left. Alejandro Pozuelo through the middle. That is a scary front three in Major League Soccer. And I just it also helps other teams out there being like, all right, well, if Insigne and Pilati are interested at their age and, and their pedigree of coming over to this league, why shouldn't we? Hmm. Yeah. And it's actually kind of interesting that all of the stuff, I mean, Toronto FC has always been one of the highest spending, if not the highest spending team in the league as well, right? Yeah. And you have to also understand that Interestingly enough, and I think this is actually quite something that a lot of people also don't understand, Toronto is the fourth largest television market in North America. Not, you know, not just in Canada, I mean, in North America, it's a huge market. And the rest of Canada suffers from that at times. <laughs> I mean, we, we have exp- we've discussed this many times, like the rest of this country doesn't get any airtime whatsoever. But Toronto is a huge market. And when you actually look who they're behind, they're behind only New York City, Los Angeles and Chicago. And New York City have the current MLS winner in New York City FC, right? LA, well-established MLS market. Um, Chicago, really struggling. So Toronto is really one of the big markets that MLS wants to get, dive in and really keep them established themselves. Because I actually think it's a very well-established MLS market. TFC have won a championship. They've been to the final twice. Um, they've been to the CONCACAF Champions League final. Should have probably won that if they were a bit better at penalties. Um <laughs> It's a huge market, right, Josh? I mean, you live in the GTA. Um, so you probably understand it way better than anyone how big the market is. Yeah, I li- like I live just outside of, of the GTA, but I live in a, an area where there's no professional sports team. If I want to go to watch professional sports, it's Toronto you go to. It's about an hour and a half. So like I'm, I'm right around there. And obviously looking at the population of, of Canada and where a lot of the 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 population is it's in ontario and guess what our the main 
soccer team there is TFC. So I just remember when they started coming into the league and seeing all the hype around them, but they were very poor at putting together the team. It took them a long time before they were able to get the right pieces together. But once they went on that cup, those couple cup runs there, I just think that really, really helped the team get to where it needed to be, get, bring in a lot of those fans. And I think you're going to see something a little bit similar with with New York City after finding that type of success because it, it was really incredible seeing how disappointing TFC were for most of my life watching them until those cup runs. And then even this season, I expected a lot more out of them. So I think yeah. that was even kind of a wake-up call being like, all right, we've seen what it's like to have a very successful team. We've seen what it's like to have a very not successful team. We need to make some moves to get back into that category. And clearly, they're, they're looking to do so because these are t- these are two names that – and I messaged you guys today. I'm like, I'm so excited. I, I, if these deals get done, I'm trying to go to as many TFC games as <laughs> possible after the dreadful season that, that I mean, just neutrals as well as anyone who's a TFC fan just went through. Yeah, I think the people who are not TFC fans are going to probably hate this. Um, but you have to admit, this is those are gutsy moves. Gutsy, gutsy moves. And um, the Insignia deal alone to pay someone $28 million and um, put the league on the map. I mean, everyone is writing about this. Um, we, we had a meeting today on what to do with uh, Insignia's market value in the few, next few months if he comes over here because this is unprecedented, right? And we haven't even spoken about Bellotti yet. Um, this is It's just, it's crazy what, what this is doing to the market and especially in a time of COVID where there's so much uncertainty, right? Um, yeah, so I think the entire league and everyone involved in watching the league can be excited about this. It's, of course, uh, the moment it kicks off, Josh, um, the the big one is going to be, what if this doesn't work out? Are we going to be all allowed to laugh? Or is this just one of those things where you just respect for making this kind of deal? Even, I mean, they've always brought in Bob Bradley as a head coach on top of that. So is this one of those where you just say, well, respect, you're, you're doing something different and you're doing it by spending a ton of money, sort of the Toronto Maple Leaf way, right? I, I was funny. I was about to say, like, if you, if you look at, <laughs> at what Toronto does, Toronto sports teams does, and you look at the NHL, if you if you follow that out there, you'll see that they like to spend heavy on their stars. And that's kind of the strategy they go at. They put a lot up front and hope the rest of the team can kind of balance its way out. But Looking on the outside, trying to look in and, and, and analyze it, I mean, I think they did a great job in getting Bob Bradley in the door. I, I, mm. I've spoken about that a, a few times because I truly believe that he's the right guy to come in at this moment. And I res- obviously respect them to try to go out and get Insigne. But I remember the, these rumors aren't brand new, the Insigne ones. His name to TFC has been kind of popping around for a few months now. And most of it is you just see people saying, why would he leave now? Because there's Inter, there's Tottenham, there's, I think, uh, maybe he got offered to Roma. I, re- I left the other day. Like, there's a lot of different transfer links trying to get him to stay within some of the top five leagues in the world. But Toronto's continuously been around there, and now today with the hype of it, I, I, I re- obviously respect them. And if they can pull this deal in, it, like I said, it's going to be fantastic for TFC. The fans are losing their minds as well as the league in general. But if mm. it doesn't go over the line, I don't think you can get mad at TFC because I'm assuming they're clearly doing everything they possibly can to get him to the door. But I think it will be very disappointing as it is with every story when you get someone excited about something and then to get it taken away, it's it's a little bit bitter. So I think there will be some massive disappointment from not only TFC, but I truly believe some big MLS fans as well, just because they want to see the league do well. And And we've talked about it on this podcast quite a bit that it's a growing league. There's a lot of very talented players in this yeah. league and 
And I think if they can get this over the line, it'll be a nice step for it as well. But if they can't, I think there'll be nothing but a little bit of bitterness and disappointing all around. Well, it seems like they're definitely trying. And, you know, they're, they're quite far in advance with, this, with these talks because transfer rumors don't leak by accident, Josh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they, they come out for a reason. And um, I think what I want to add maybe too, and there's a, there's a lot of people in, in Europe in particular saying, hey, why is he going to come to North America? It's because it's, li- it's nice to live here. It's really nice. The living standard is extremely high. There's a reason why the almost the entire planet tries to immigrate to North America, right? Um, that's why people come here because you can you can come to Toronto, a place like Toronto, and you can visit all these cities in the United States, and you have a relatively nice winter break. And um, it's a really it's a really exciting thing for these players to do. You talk to any player who's come over to North America about their personal experience, and they will all tell you only the best things. Um, this is why players make that move. And it's really good for their personal brand to be recognized in North America beyond their careers. And I think this is something that, you know, you see with Jovinko, he is desperate to come back. Yeah. I mean, that rumor is just like over and over again. Um, and I, I think that is going to be an interesting one to see whether Jovinko comes in. Maybe someone who can kind of help Insigne to get adjusted to life in Toronto and maybe Andrea Bellotti because we haven't even really talked about him yet, Josh, right? And Bellotti, yes, he's missed a lot of games um, with an injury, is out with an arm injury at the moment. But boy, he he was on the Euro squad as well. He would be a fantastic signing too. He, he will. And and looking at, and, and yeah, like you spoke it to it to perfection about Jurenko, a player who was a fringe player in Italy coming over and becoming the, the somewhat the face of the league at that point. It was, it was incredible what he accomplished um, and I think it's definitely made a lot of, I mean, honestly, since making that move, a lot of different players have tried to make similar routes and come over here and, and make a big difference. And maybe that's helps to see what Jarenko did for Insigne. But on top of that, also, Bloody taking a look at the league as well. And when I think we talked about it, when Bob Bradley first came in, I think it was on our podcast, uh, I was talking about what I think that TFC would potentially need. And for me, the biggest thing was to get Josie out of the team. I just, I, yeah. I, I, he obviously did a wonders for tfc over the years but he's just too injured too long and he's kind of just needs to get off that big wages in as well as Zateldo had to go because he had a great season um for santos made his way over here and just it has been miserable for him let's be honest so if they can get both of those players off the books and replace them adequately and have like i said in that 4-2-3-1 system which i believe bob bradley's probably going to play have Insigne on the left have that now Bellotti up front with Pozuelo in the cam and then you fill out the pieces with the rest of the squad you have under Bob Bradley's management. I think that's going to be a success, a pretty good success as well as I just believe Bellotti will come over here and, and hopefully have a good opportunity to, to shine and continue his form because this season's kind of been frustrating for him. And if you get, get back healthy, I think he'll be a big asset to TFC and probably be able to put up a decent amount of goals in the MLS. Yeah, of course that deal is still early, right? Um, early negotiations is the word by being a reporter by Gianluca Di Mazio. Um, who doesn't know his Italian football transfer rumors. So we'll see where that goes. Um, all that Toronto FC that need is some, maybe some defenders, but that's a completely different story. But speaking of defenders, Josh. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that will make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can just bet $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. 
The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, no worries. Everyone can pay for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes for their first deposit. So here, guys, is the call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, you know, we did sign a defender. And um, Montreal is just going to love this. You know, they are like with the blockbuster deal to get Alistair Johnston from Nashville, a Canadian defender with a lot of upside, a player who can probably still move to Europe because he's very, very good um, playing for a Canadian national team that has been one of the most exciting national teams to follow in the world. And um, they get him for, I think, personally, a really good deal, like one million in, in, in general allocation money. Um, it doesn't quite translate to one-on-one -on -one real transfer fee. I think that's something that we have to point out, right? Um jam or gaba box as they're also called um have a very different function than an actual transfer fee so it's a good deal for them but alistair johnson he is a rare commodity because he a, is canadian he's a very good canadian but he's also a canadian defender we don't have too many of those <laughs> yeah and on top of that his uh he's gonna be joining up with a potential all canadian back three for for montreal because i'm my expectation is potentially to see because uh, they play in that in that three back, so you can potentially see Waterman go over to the middle. You have then Kamal Miller, mm -hmm. who similar to Alistair Johnson when playing for the Canadian national team when they play in a back three system. You see Alistair Johnson at that outside right center back. You see Kamal Miller at the outside left. Now you have Joel Waterman in there. You can push him through the middle. And look at that. You got an all-Canadian back line and potentially all three of those players building chemistry together and helping out with the national team. I, I, I love it. I personally wanted to see Alistair go over to Europe, but I still mm. think, like you said, he's young enough to be able to go on. So, I mean, for the MLS, for Canadian soccer, I mean, I'm I'm pretty excited to see him, and I think that he'll he'll be a fit because uh, I'm expecting that back three to still be played next season, and I just think he plays that outside right back position flawlessly. I, I love it. I always kind of relate him a little bit to Aspilicueta, similar type of, of body structure, similar type of positioning, but he's just so good at that position. I think it's going to be a huge impact to have for for Montreal. Yeah, I agree with everything that you said. It's only 23. And um, it's interesting that Nashville put in, um, I think it was a 10% um, clause that Montreal have to give Nashville 10% of any future fee that is more than $1 million. Uh, I thought that was an interesting one. And um, at 23, you know that he still can make move the move to Italy. And of course, Saputos, too bad Adrian isn't here today. <laughs> um, the Saputos, <laughs> they do have a team in Serie A, right? So it is, um, I find it interesting that Montreal have sort of developed that multi-club kind of ownership structure uh, where they can 
where they can sort of move the player to abroad. And I think Chicago put a similar deal into the Mihailovic one, right? When they sent him to to Montreal as well, full on knowing that Montreal has those connections in Europe. And uh, you look at Alistair Johnson, he is a guy who could could easily go to Europe in one or two years. Give him another year in, in MLS and then he could go over there. You could see him play in the Bundesliga, you can play, see him play in Serie A, um, maybe do that in-between step in Belgium. Um, it definitely, I think, he is that kind of guy. And that would be great for the Canadian national team because, again, we do not have a lot of defenders. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree in, in terms of uh, those type of deals. I mean, it makes sense because, uh, like you were talking about, you said it's a really good deal for Montreal. And knowing that Alistair Johnson is so talented and there is a good chance, and like you mentioned with the connection, there, there's a, there's definitely a chance. And I'm, I'd be shocked if he didn't move to Europe at some point in his career. Nashville knows that. That's obviously, I'm assuming, why they put yeah. that clause in and that tells us with those connections that Bologna, I believe, is the team in Syria, which is a, a team that I think has been pretty solid. And Artovich is playing there. They got some good good players. They are definitely a middle of the pack. I don't think they're any, ever really a, a relegation battler, but uh, they're they're managed pretty nicely. And I, I think that's, that'd be a nice little little move for him one day if uh, if they're looking to play it safe, knowing that they could just send, literally send him on loan, get his feet wet, see what he can do in Syria. Um, I would almost expect that type of move now that he w- went to Montreal as opposed to going to Belgium, going to Scotland, going yeah. to somewhere like that, and then making a bigger step. Because I, I, th- like, I don't think Bologna is no joke. That they're, they're like they're a solid, good Serie A side. And if Alistair Johnson can make that jump to Europe, playing at that level for a club like Bologna, as a Canadian national team fan, I'm I'm smiling ear to ear. Yeah, and you know what? And I think that's actually pointing out something really, really important here. We often fans of both Canada and the US and we've talked about this in our chat that we also have where Filippo's also in it right that fans of the two national teams almost expect too much at times <laughs> you know um every one of their star players has to right away go to Bayern Real or Barcelona it's like no you know like most national teams are happy when all of their top best players play in one of the top four leagues for a team that can compete for Europe you don't need to have all your players in at the top four team. I mean, that'd be nice, but no one can do that, right? Not yeah. even the big countries like Germany, Italy, or Spain, or France, or so on do that. You know, they still have a lot of players who play in teams that play good roles in their respective leagues. And we don't have that at all. We just happen to have one guy who plays for Bayern and one guy who's probably going to play at a non-top team next year. We'll be just happy if we have 10, another 10, 15 guys that can form the spine of this team who are playing in top four leagues in any of the teams in that league. And I think that's a, that's an expectation that we, I think sometimes still needs to be hammered home a little bit. Right? I agree. And and if you, you put out a really good point though, because um, I mean, and you and I are just theorizing. So I, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying absolutely. this is what Alistair Johnson was saying, but what, what, a, what a proposal that would have been to go, go up to him and be like, Hey, I don't know if you have what your offers look like abroad. But we could get some type of deal, and maybe Alex Jones like, okay, that's super cool. I get to go now to Montreal. I got to play mm. in Canada. I got to play with people I'm familiar with, and Kamal Miller, and obviously meet up with Joel Waterman. And then you have the option, pretty much whenever you want, whenever us together can come with that agreement, to now send you to Syria. That's a, that's a big step because yeah. who knows where he might have gone abroad if this deal wasn't going to be in play? Because it could, like I said, it could have been Belgium, could have been Netherlands, could could have been Scotland, which are all solid leagues. But this is a top four league. And yeah. Bologna is sitting in tenth place, four, five place off of a European spot. I feel like Alistair Johnson. That could have been a real sweet, sweetened pot to be able to get this deal done. And one day, if he's playing in Italy, like I said, I, I'm I'm happy. Bologna is a solid club, and and I think that'd be a very strategic approach to be able to get this deal done. 
I, I agree 100%. And that gets actually to our final point today. Quick one on this. Um, Ricardo Pepe going to Wolfsburg. And you hear the same stuff then. And I think this is, again, um, Twitter just doing Twitter things. And um, Ricardo Pepe, there was all sorts of names floated. Um, and I talked to a source the other day who just literally sent me an eye roll emoji when I put that in. It's like, well, what about Ajax, Man United, and all these other clubs? And he's just like, no, for stop. Those teams were never in contention. You know, people float these things, like top four team in the Premier League. It's like, no, stop it. That didn't happen. It's not true. Um, <laughs> he's going to he's going to Wolfsburg. Those talks are advanced. It's not 100% done yet. Again, nothing is 100% done until you see the guy hold up the jersey at the press conference, right? Um, that's when we do our done deal text and uh, has the, the quotes and everything in it. But again, I mean, this is a young American who's going to a top four team in Europe, a top four league team in Europe at a club that has regularly competed for a European spot um, where his prospects of playing are quite high because Wutwechhorst could be leaving soon, right? Lukas Nemscher is out with a long-term injury. I mean, if I was a fan of a national team like the U.S., or Canada. I mean, let's say he was Canadian. I think we'd be over the moon for this, right, Josh? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm going to give a big shout out to Hercules Gomez right now because f- from what you said a little bit earlier, it made me laugh. But he did do the old uh, the old hype train where he was putting Ricardo Pepe. Um, he's kind of taking a shot more at, at Luis Romo, who's being linked to Getafe and I think a couple other clubs, like lower and mid uh, Serie A <laughs> or um, La Liga sides. And then he said, yeah, uh, Pepe's being linked to to uh, Bayern and being linked to Wolfsburg. And I was like, okay, not really. But I get your point, um, uh, (laughs) Hercules Gomez, because he is a beauty and uh, he was just trying to have some fun as well. But yeah, uh, if it was a Canadian going to to Wolfsburg as well, I I just, it's the right, it's the right move. You want to see your players playing at the best level. Uh, I think if he went to Bayern, which that rumor was absolutely not real, but if he did go to Bayern... Actually, no, that's so just to intersect, um, Bayern are absolutely always interested in FC, every FC Dallas player because they have uh, an actual right. link. The Chris Richards, yes. 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 And, and so GM they might actually have their... Maybe their fingers... I'm still working on this, but they, they might have their fingers in that. Okay, Hercules, I apologize. But regardless... <laughs> regardless i don't you're, think you're not was... wrong though you i mean your point stands <laughs> i know exactly what you were getting at your point stands <laughs> yes yes but even if he did go to Bayern, I, it wouldn't be the right move for him because i just simply yeah. don't think he would have played similar to some of the other development players that have come through Bayern. not that chris richards has by any stretch been a flop but he needs to go out and develop which is why he's at hoffenheim the yeah. fact that Pepe is making that move to wolfsburg like you mentioned with their striker issues at the moment the uncertainty around some of them as well this is an opportunity for him to get a ton of minutes, which is exactly what you want, making the move to get your feet wet in the league and hopefully find that ability to be able to break into the team, break into the lineup, and start scoring goals because that's ultimately what you want to do to continue developing as a player. And Wolfsburg play, or have played some pretty good football over the seasons. This this one's a little bit interesting, but because it's a bit of an interesting season, he may have an opportunity to shine. Yeah, it is still a lot of football to be played. Um, in the Rückrunde, a lot of things can happen. This has been a weird Bundesliga year. Um, I think the coaching change too. We'll see what Florian Kofeld will do with this bunch um, over the, the very short winter break. It's already starting in, in just over a week again, right? Wish it was longer. Uh, I really needed that break. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens with this. Um, of course, when the official announcement happens, we'll probably cover it more in depth as well. But yeah, Josh, that was a quick one. 
just a quick update on the craziness that's going on in Toronto. Um, I wish Toronto best of luck with these signings. I think it would be very entertaining. And yeah, fingers crossed it actually happens, right? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely will be going to uh, a couple games right away, getting that that hype going if they're able to pull it off. But I'll definitely be keeping a very special little eye on it because I, I am very curious to see what they can do because I personally believe that the, the moves are exciting in themselves, but I actually do believe that these are in positions that are of very importance to the DP positions at TFC. So I'm, I'm having my fingers crossed and hoping they go through. All right, brilliant stuff. Well, guys, that's it. Quick, quick emergency podcast. Uh, we'll be back with our regular show probably in the new year. Um, until then, happy new years. See you then. Cheers and bye-bye.